This is the Worldly Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Holly. And I'm Luke. We invite guests on this podcast to explore themes of worldly wellbeing. And by listening today, you're joining the conversation. We are really delighted to welcome back Liz, who's joining us for another episode of the Worldly Wellbeing Podcast. I think Liz is the first person we're inviting back to do a second episode. So you know you are in for a real treat. Uh, I'm really looking forward to diving into this episode because Liz, as always, will undoubtedly guide us into a really thoughtful space. So let's see what's in store. I'm ready for a little bit of Liz therapy. Let's go. Good evening, Holly and Liz. Hello, good evening. Good evening and welcome. Good evening. Lovely to see you again, Liz. I know, not seen you for a while. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm happy to see your face again. Thank you. Lovely to see you both. And yours, Luke, as always. As Of course. I mean, that just goes without saying. And I was just about to say, it's weird to be recording this of an evening time when we said good evening I was like this is strange because it's a different context normally we're I mean as much sunshine as we usually get in this country but usually there is daylight and we are recording it when it is very much although it's only coming out half five very much wintry cold darkness outside Mm. I feel a bit cocooned but Mm. you know I'm also excited because I know that a conversation with Liz is going to make me feel warm and fuzzy (laughs) no pressure that's what you're hoping for (laughs) so Liz it's really lovely to welcome you back thank you for joining us again I was listening to our first episode with you earlier I was doing my professional research bit and just reminding myself of our our previous conversation um, and it really, there was so much that struck me from that. So listeners, I would encourage you to go and uh, take a listen again to that episode. Um, but it, I just wondered, uh, as we kind of move into our time together, what has been on your mind recently? What have you been thinking about? What have you been doing? Gosh, what have I been thinking about? Um, I've still been a bit existential, I think, for the last year. <laughs> What are we doing? Where are we going? What's important? What's not important? Um, An upside for me of this pandemic has been the ability to move house um, and to finally put myself by the sea. Um, So a great period of change uh, for me. I'm very grateful that the change in, you know, working patterns and commuting has enabled me to um, transfer my work online. Um, and has provided new opportunity. So and I'm sure we all know of many people probably have been changing jobs or working out what they want and what they don't want. So always looking for the good in what at times has been an incredibly challenging and dark period, but always looking for that light and remembering that we need light and dark. We need the dark to remember the light and we need the light, you know, to connect with the dark bits. Light mm. Life is those bits together, I think. I'm glad you've made it to the sea, Liz, because there's something probably many listeners know. Luke and I were brought up in this, the same hometown, which is by the sea. And I think there's something that always sticks with you. I'm very much a city person, but mm. I need to be by the sea several times a year. And there's something about that big expanse of nothingness. Well, not nothingness, but that just that clear view all the way to a horizon. Yeah. You can't beat that. I think also for me, it's the the rhythm 
So I, mm. I live opposite the river. So just noticing every morning, oh, is the river in? Or the, is the river out? And then going around to the sea, what's the sea doing? And despite whatever I'm doing in my life, nature's still doing whatever nature needs to do. The moon is still pulling in those tides every day, twice a day. And that's been a really great way of just really feeling grounded, just mm. knowing that there's something greater than us that continues mm. to run as the background motor in a way. Um, I just find that reassuring and that helps keep me stable a lot of the time. Yeah. And for me as well, there's a there's a kind of an orientation, an mm. orienteering element to it. And I often joke that in London I get really lost because it's so there's not a big body of water behind me. If I know the sea's behind me, then I know some everything else is the other way. And that's a bit of a flippant remark, but it's 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 true in a way. There's something about nature and the presence of things like the sea or you know mm. huge great open fields or things like that that are grounding and do help orient us mm. help us with our kind of sense of direction and, and sense of what you were just articulating about grounding but also about then how do we move forward as well like in what setting our direction of travel maybe mm. Mm, nice and sort of thinking about the rhythm there's a there's a rhythm to it Mm. And then the interesting thing about that is that <clears throat> we're using something that in itself nature is innately stable and unmoving as a way for us to create movement or to journey. Mm -hmm. It's like um, that sort of... Yeah, so this sort of sense that I like to work with, I run these seasonal reflection workshops with a colleague of mine, Doug Montgomery, and the idea that we work with as we were speaking the last time when we were on this call is whatever's going on in nature is actually reflected inside of all of us. And I do feel that man, woman, human being has lost that connection. We think we're something different or better than or not connected with. And I think that's a really big mistake. And I think noticing what's going on with the seasons can just help bring us back to the now so when the world is rocking and rolling again which it is at the moment with all the talk around uh, this new variant just coming back to nature coming back to now coming back to this moment not worrying about what's going to be said at six o'clock tonight or nine o'clock tomorrow morning but what's in this moment i think is really important mm. Yeah, and that idea of, of nature and, and coming back to a better connection mm. with nature so that perhaps mm. we can better understand ourselves and others mm. is something that that I've been trying to kind of understand more of, particularly this past year with, as you said, the opportunities that we, some of us, not all of us, some of us have been presented to throughout the various lockdowns in the UK, been able to reconnect with different rhythms and different patterns of life and also nature um but also something that the kind of contemporary philosopher thinker writer charles eisenstein talks a lot about in this idea of often the way that we try and fix the world's mm -hmm. problems are by distancing ourselves from nature mm -hmm. by removing ourselves from the organic and the real and the kind of mm -hmm. earthy um you know the way that we're trying to fix climate change is by coming up with new ways to sustain our current lives and keep them carbon neutral when actually what we should be doing is well how can we restore ecosystems and how can we bring life back into small pockets of nature that in turn will have an impact 
And I think we need to start asking those questions of ourselves too. Where are the ecosystems in ourselves, in our lives that we need to tend to, that we're trying to fix with a magic kind of modern day technological wand, mm-hmm. um, but actually they're, they're suffering because of that. Yeah, and perhaps as human beings, we're not giving ourselves the chance to restore, repair and recover because we're all too busy going on with the with the next thing. I'm kind of thinking I was in a co-op the other day and I had, a, I think it was um, broccoli I was buying and there was one packet of broccoli from somewhere like Suffolk and one packet of broccoli from Ethiopia or somewhere. And I'm thinking, how are these two things even possible mm. in the same container? And what are we doing to the world, you know, to get, both of those packets into the supermarket in shore and by sea because we're just so focused on what it is that we want all the time that I'm not sure we're taking stock of, I don't know, what we've got and who we are. I think also for me, winter is is really a time for coming home. It's a time for hunkering down, putting the lights on. You were talking at the beginning about doing this on the evening and, you know, coming coming in, tucking up. Um, mm. And sort of I love working with the idea of trees. I think trees are a real visible representation of the transfer, the inner transformation and the inner transition that's going on right now. So on one superficial level, you know, we've probably got the heating on or the fire on or, you know, the people talking about, you know, putting the films on and whatever they may be doing. But what the trees are doing, most of them now haven't got any leaves on them. So they've shed their leaves. And the, and the trees are really, really busy at the moment. They're really busy making sure that their roots are really being taken care of. And I, I'm just curious about what are we doing to take care of our roots? Mm. And if we don't take care of those roots and we have shallow roots, then we'll get uprooted, which is what happens to trees when there are storms and high winds, their roots aren't deep enough. And what the trees are also doing at the moment is they're taking care of their tap root. So their tap root is the way they get all the nutrients and the water they need to keep them alive. So how are we taking care of our roots what does our Mm. root ball look like and what parts of us need to be taken care of so again if we work with the idea of the garden which we worked with last time a lot of gardeners now will be putting netting over or bringing um, more delicate plants in from the garden perhaps putting them in the greenhouse or sticking them in the shed or wherever they're putting them so what part what tender parts of us need a little bit more care and attention rather than striding out in the world and keeping going, keeping going, keeping going. How are we taking care of ourselves like the tree, I think is an important image to work with. It's interesting that you mentioned roots and that immediately makes me think of, you know, and you said roots and returning and and that immediately makes me think of what this time of year means for me and 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 for holly too but also for lots of other people is that it's that going home Mm. um and i've always found that dichotomy really difficult to balance because i feel like i have multiple homes so when i say go home i could be talking about going back to where my family is or i could be talking about going to albania or i could be talking about my flat in london um but this time of year going going back to my roots means Mm. reconnecting with my family and my parents my siblings my in-laws my friends in that part of the country um 
and that that is so and I think that's why last year hurt so much because I mm-hmm. couldn't reconnect with my roots I couldn't you know that was a painful experience last mm-hmm. Christmas uh, and so there's a there's a there's an anticipation there's a hope there's a prayerful wishful clinging on that this year I do get to do that and that might be because and Holly and I could probably talk about this that might be because we spend a lot of the year uh giving out so not in the kind of altruistic sense maybe but like you know we we spend a lot of energy and time doing mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. And, and Christmas is therefore the time of year where you can you know put the brakes on a little bit mm-hmm. and, and reconnect and rest and and Mm. That, that going back to your roots thing I think resonates quite powerfully because of that it's interesting isn't it you're noticing the physical pain of not being able to be connected with your roots and I think that's interesting I've actually thought about that that you know I also had a similar experience like a lot of people probably listening to this of not being connected we're now threatened on the 20th December with that happening again and noticing what happens to us that physical manifestation of not being able to be connected with our roots. Mm. And am I am I imagining this? So am I right in saying that trees talk communicate with each other mm. through their roots? Yeah, they do. Which is also a really lovely I, I love I love that trees do that, but it kind of ties in with what we're saying that like our roots aren't mm. just for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yet they're, they're part of us. Our roots are about connecting with others, and they re- we need that. Like we need to have communication with others. Mm-hmm. There's a beautiful book. Uh, it's a fiction book, but um, called um, "The Overstory" by Richard Powers, that that talks about uh, the kind of the legacy of, of specific trees in the United States uh, and the kind of the impact that that you know the communication of those trees with each other, but also the communication of those trees with people. Um, and how people have kind of rallied to defend those trees over the years. Um, so that's just an aside. That's what that made me think of is, is read that book because it's, it's yeah, profound in its scope. Yeah, it reminded me of that book too and how the trees can alert each other if there's mm. disease. Um, if you go to Kew, they've actually got recordings of trees speaking to each other via their roots. Yeah. Incredible. There's a whole yeah. again, there's a whole ancient wisdom going on that we think we know better than and most of us probably aren't aware of yeah it's it's profound and i think it again it speaks to that you know the roots communicate where there's pain or when there's fear or concern or when the trees need to adapt and change and actually that's just what we've been articulating as well about our experiences of needing to go back to the roots whatever they are for you they might not be your family unit whatever that looks like in your hometown it might be something else but then I also think it speaks to a pain that others experience where there is a disconnect from your roots for whatever reason. So whether that's because of racism in the UK or whether that's because of um, class divide or social inequality that's led to a disconnect from your roots, like the pain, the trauma of, of being disconnected from that, that, I keep saying roots, that legacy, that history is profound and that that is has to be internalized you can't you can't escape that yeah and carrying that on perhaps is becoming even more um present in society as you know you and i luke have been speaking for a while around the division in society not to be political and not to get into vaccinations but there is a lot of division there's a lot of difference of opinion 
there's a lot of opposing views and people taking views. So perhaps people you've been friends with or a relative with for a long time, those relationships and those roots start to come under threat because people are divided and separated. And when we need to take care of them, because when it's springtime, and the blossom starts coming out, and the leaves start reappearing, we need to be able to bear the weight of what's on the branches. So each season prepares us for the next season. And each season leads us into the season we're in now. So I also love this idea, you know, it's going to be winter tomorrow, isn't it? The 21st of December. Mm. So we're mm. truly going to be in winter, winter. Um, and just also noticing that we're approaching the end of the year. And this idea for me of gathering in, it's been another really difficult year for people. And I always say to people, just notice how far we, how no, notice how far you have come and the things we're still being asked to do and the, you know, the choices we're having to make or whatever we're being, having to give up, whatever it may be. But in amongst all of that, what are we gathering in? What are we really appreciating? What are we really grateful for? What's been happening in the previous 11 months that's allowed us to be here at the end of the, at the end of the year in month in month 12? So what have we what are we gathering in and keeping hold of? I think a little bit working with the trees again, thinking about all the leaves that have come off the trees. What are we letting go of? What can we now set down? What don't we need anymore? What doesn't serve us anymore as we start a new season and we head into a new year? So what is our intention? What quality might we be wanting to take with us into 2022 to sustain us? And Liz, I'm just wondering um, if you have any thoughts or advice for it. I think it's quite easy for us to think, oh, there will be a new season and we often use that sort of language which is oh next year things will be better it's a new chapter and that sort of of course hope is good but I think sometimes we must sort of rely on that oh the next thing will be better and we've kind of learned in the last two years that, that might not be the case mm -hmm. and I think I probably speak for a lot of people that there's a real and we spoke about this earlier before recording this feeling of maybe trepidation that maybe it's not going to suddenly be all better. It's quite unlikely to. So how do we wrestle with those? How do we wrestle with that? Mm. Interesting, isn't it? How do we wrestle with that? I always think having your New Year's resolutions for the year always seem like a really big thing to be deciding. Mm. And I'm useless at making choices. I was always worried I was going to be choosing the wrong thing and not kind of realising I could change my mind as the year went on because they weren't really set in stone. I've been, I think what I've been doing recently is chunking that down and going back to the tides and nature and the moon. The moon gives us an opportunity to reset our intentions each month. So a mm. full moon is a lovely way and there's various things you can do for your moon meditation, but the, the full moon gives us an opportunity to acknowledge completion. So again, what are we grateful for? What have we achieved? Where are we at? What are we proud of? Whatever the words might be that work for you. So let's acknowledge the month of what's happened, what's completed. 
And on the new moon, we have an opportunity each month, 12 times a year, to look at what we want to do differently or what we might try or what we might experiment with or what we might change. So I think I would be keeping it super light and allowing it to be fluid rather than I've got to make this big decision to lose six stone in weight on the 1st of December, which is never going to happen, as we know. But just being gentle with ourselves. And I think even a friend of mine was saying that they set an intention of equality every day. So if their intention is to be, I don't know, joyful, they will ask Mrs. Amazon to um, play music that is related to that quality. And that's what they do to set themselves up for the day of an intention, a light intention for the day, rather than this big ambition. I don't know if that helps. Uh, Yeah, I think that really does. Because making things into more manageable manageable chunks is, I mean, I find that quite helpful. Maybe not everyone does, but I think we need, when we don't know what three months time, six months time looks like, let alone, well, actually, we have no idea what next week looks like at this point. But rather than trying to set an intention or, or set our hopes on something that really we just have no idea about keeping those sort of things smaller and knowing i I love this moon idea Mm. i just want us to have less more cloudless skies so we can (laughs) fully actually see it yeah actually see what's going on you should come back to the sea because you see it quite a lot around here (laughs) i think it's about that reframing of the narrative isn't it it's Mm. about rejecting this idea of societal um goals and pressures on that you have to achieve this at at this point by you know if you've not ticked off your new year's resolutions by the end of the year you failed if you've not hit this milestone by this age you failed if you've not had you know you if you've not progressed to this specific job title with that salary then you failed but actually it's about saying well i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to operate in those parameters anymore and and what parameters are life giving and healthy? What allow, what ones that aren't enable me to flourish? And I'm someone that does need some level of structure and guidance. I I value that, and I value having kind of something to work towards. Um, but perhaps not reducing it, but taking it month by month, or even day by day, um, is a is a helpful framework. And I think building on that, Luke, I think it's about being gentle. It's not about what everybody else wants us to do. It's about what's important and what we're comfortable with for ourselves. And I think for me, I think there's a message in here of being gentle. We're not very good at rest and recovery. We're very focused on if I'm on, you know, if I'm on the on the sofa watching the telly, I feel my phone should be at the side of me. If I'm on the phone speaking to someone, I feel I should be also texting somebody else. Rest and recovery, particularly at this time of year, is really, really important. And rest and recovery is when we crunch our own data. Mm. So when we're at rest, it's not that we're not doing anything. We're, pro- we're processing. So what, processing. how, not to sound silly, but what does that look like? How do we do that? Well, I think, first of all, is about removing ourselves from our phones so either, and I'm not very good at this either. So even if we sort of say, I'm going to put my phone in one room while I'm in another room, or I'm not going to look at my phone for the next hour and a half whilst I'm watching This Is Us on Amazon Prime for the next 45 minutes, 
um, and allowing ourselves to be cut off, to be separated from in order to be connected with ourselves. It's okay to watch the television. It's okay to listen to a piece of music. It's okay to read a book. It's okay to sit with a cup of tea and to stare into space. <laughs> it's okay. We don't have to be on this treadmill of I should be doing this and I should be here and I should go there and I should, 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 should. Funny um, you say that about your phone because the idea that um, we could then have Wi-Fi, A, on the underground and B, now on mm -hmm. flights, mm -hmm. It was for me getting on a plane is like the one time when you just you're forced to switch off from your phone. But I think probably if we had, if we we're all honest with ourselves, we actually quite appreciate that. Mm. There's something about there was always something lovely about thinking. Well, I you know now I'm on that plane, no one can disturb me. No one can get me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no I one used to love yeah a long haul flight, particularly when I was working back in the ad tech media context, knowing that I was not contactable for 10 plus hours, that was joyful. <laughs> mm. So again, I think we probably come back into boundaries, don't we? So if the mm -hmm. tube and the, and the flight isn't giving us that anymore, what are my boundaries around when I'm on and when I'm off and when I'm off for me? And what mm. do I need? And, and different people need different things and different amounts of it. Recently, as you both know, I um, managed to get myself some COVID. Uh, and I thought I would, part of me hated the fact that I was stuck in. But you know what? I really, really needed that time. Mm -hmm. And the, the time that was even the most, the time when I actually had rest and recovery was when I actually felt slightly ill from COVID and was so exhausted, I really couldn't do anything i reflected and thought i shouldn't have had to get to the point where i had to catch something to stop in order to stop yeah yeah completely as you're speaking holly it reminds me i read i think it was john whittington from coaching constellations the other day saying if you don't take time to attend to your wellness you'll have to find time to take care of your illness mm. yeah. And I've just gone yeah. a little bit funny in my tummy. It's words along those lines, which is basically, yeah, if you don't look after being well, then you'll you'll be spending time looking after yourself being ill. Yeah, I think I can I can uh... slightly attacked by that. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but I think there are a number of things popping for me in different contexts where I'm I'm hearing things from different people, but it also in books, in TV shows that I like, um, where there is this there's almost like this societal unconscious blossoming of actually we're missing the mark here. We're not, we're not taking care of ourselves. And I think at the moment there's still a big stumbling block, at least in the way for me. Um, and that's around the management of other people's expectations and, and what, and, and the negative connotation that rest has so I've really no I've noticed a really interesting response and in when I've been kind of telling people when people setting up meetings for January and I'm like oh I'm back online from X date um, I'm taking some annual leave um, and uh, the response of is like oh you're so lucky I'm so jealous or uh, oh it's so great you 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 can do that because I could never I'm so busy I could never do that um, and it's like there's this weird like 
competition element to keep going until you physically can't go on anymore and then that is there's a shaming element and I, I know i've done it in the past where you shame other people for taking time off um and it's not like you know I, i'm not taking a year out you know I'm, I'm taking time off over christmas that shouldn't be revelatory that shouldn't be shocking um but the responses i've had indicate that it is um that it is count almost countercultural now to take off more than a handful of days. Um, and, and I feel like I have to justify myself for that. And it's bizarre. Yeah, it's not like, oh, you know, I must have a breakdown in order to have that time off. Or when people say, oh, I never take a sick day. I'm like, love, <laughs> what, why? Like, you can't function properly if you're not feeling well. And, you know, as someone who is now self-employed, I wish I'd taken more advantage of sick days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just, uh, I was going to say, I think there's also a sense of, well, what do you mean you're on holiday? Because there's nowhere to go. So, mm. oh, so almost the definition of, well, what are you doing then if you're not at work kind of has got a bit blurred. But that's also the question that I have to ask myself as well, is that when you live in a one bedroom flat mm. and you've been spent the last two years either you working from a one bedroom flat as well. The space has taken on a whole new dynamic. Mm. So I'm like, actually when I take time off, mm. whatever that looks like, mm. how, what do I do with it? Mm. How, how, you know, I, I can't, I'm not, I can't sit and do nothing endlessly. That's, I'm not wired that way. Mm. There's only so much exercise you can do. There's so many books that you can read. There's realistically, there's only so much Netflix that you can actually watch. <laughs> um, you know, and that's a hard question. What does rest look like? I haven't figured that out yet. I have I've not got an answer as to what genuine rest looks like for me because I get twitchy about 44 minutes into rest uh, and have to do something else. And so that's, you know, I don't think I'm going to unpack that in the next few minutes on this podcast. But I think that's a question that a lot of us might need to ask specifically for ourselves is individually, what does rest mean? for me and it probably won't look the same as rest means for holly or rest means for liz it, it will look it might have similarity but it will look different yeah rest might be going for a walk rest might be doing your yoga rest might be sitting with a friend having a cup of coffee rest might be spending half an hour extra in bed rest might be going to bed half an hour earlier honestly i just quite like sitting and just staring into space mm. Well, that brings us into languishing. There was uh, an article a few weeks ago around you're, you're okay, you're not super stressed, but you're kind of not feeling quite right. And languishing seems to be the word that's coming into uh, into the mix right now, which is those moments I've, I've, I've just noticed I've been on the sofa for 15 minutes staring into space. I'm okay, but I hadn't quite realised I'd sort of drifted off somewhere. So languishing is is good, I think. I think we just need. I think we just need to be kind, and I know that's an easy thing to say. But all these expectations, as you were saying, Luke, of other people on what we should and shouldn't be doing, what the government thinks we should and shouldn't be doing, what we think we should and shouldn't be doing, it's all too much. And I think what again going back to our gardens and our trees is what are we making space for? And I think there's an element in here about making space for ourselves because we get very overwhelmed by everybody else's agendas and expectations and lose ourselves a bit in there. Mm. And it's very easy to get lost, I think. And sometimes I've I've really noticed this because I know from myself, I might have a, an opinion or a strong opinion on something, but that changes. 
and in the same way other people's expectations will change and I know it's an obvious reminder but not judging ourselves by other people's opinions completely and they may say in three months time I don't remember saying that to you Holly did I say that did I say Mm. that I thought it was a terrible thing you were taking holiday and we hold all this value on these stories that people start projecting onto us I mean I think my invitation in this would be what are they projecting onto you that they're not addressing in themselves And I, and I think that's the, the there's a there's a stewardship element to all of this as well in that we just uh, being slightly more aware of what we're saying when we're saying it and how we're saying it mm. actually would go a really long way mm. um and off the cuff comments mm. whether whatever it's about whether it's about you know res- government restrictions or whether someone's taking time off over christmas they actually can hold can have impact on others um and actually if like you said liz you know it sounds twee but to come back to kindness if we could just be hold kindness as a guiding principle in how we say how we say things what we say and what we do how we do it then there might be less of this to unpack yeah yeah and the other phrase that's coming up for me in this is those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Oh, I love that. Gosh, that took me a worrying amount of time. I'm not an evening person. You probably saw my face and my eyes just had to <laughs> get my head around that. Those who mind That's don't really- matter and those who matter don't mind. That's really nice. And, you know, if we're honest, we're all quite... Everyone's vulnerable at the best of times, but given the last nearly two years we've had, we're, we're, we're all vulnerable and we've all got that chink that there'll be a little chink in everyone's armor it's all in different places yeah but i guess that's you know like you're saying Luke, that just treating people with kindness yeah. because you don't know how big that chink is or where it is or where it is um, or what it is or which mm. they're carrying around with them today you, do, you don't know when we go around making all these projections and putting all these stories onto people when we don't know who we've been standing next to in the supermarket queue today or who's been standing at the bus stop this afternoon we've got no idea what's going on in people's lives Mm. and that busyness element talks to that as well because it's really I've done this myself but it's really easy to to just open your mouth and Mm. you know for reactions and Mm. words to come out that you haven't processed you haven't had you haven't just stopped to think before they come out and that part of this kind of society and way of living that we've had for a while and is almost pressured even worse now because when we are out and socializing or working there's so much in there that wants to come out quickly and make the most of time um but just pausing before you say something is it true is it necessary is Mm. it kind there's something that i kind of wanted to to offer probably as we we draw this particular mm-hmm. episode to a close and it's a poem that um i think i've shared with you both at different times but also that was shared with me again recently that kind of just resonates with the kind of the winter period that we're in and the ending of the year given that it's called at the end of the year um but i think it might have some some takeaways for people that tie into what we were talking about right now so if you don't, if you'll entertain me and, and kind of, um, you know, let me have this moment, I'll just share the words from um, John O'Donoghue, 
um, uh, called At the End of the Year. As this year draws to its end, we give thanks for the gift it brought and how they became inlaid within where neither time nor tide can touch them. The days when the veil lifted and the soul could see delight, when a quiver caressed the heart in the sheer exuberance of being here. Surprises that came awake in forgotten corners of old fields where expectation seemed to have quenched. The slow brooding times when all was awkward and the wave in the mind pierced every sore with salt. Mm. The darkened days that stopped the confidence of the dawn. Days when beloved faces shone brighter with light from beyond themselves and from the granite of some secret sorrow, a stream of buried tears loosened. We bless this year for all we learned, for all we loved and lost, and for the quiet way it brought us nearer to our invisible destination. Beautiful, thank you, Luke. And just noticing those words, kind of really reflecting back what we've been talking about. Yeah. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Liz, for your time with us again thank on the World Wellbeing podcast. It's uh, again yeah. one of those things where it now has opened up so many avenues of so many other conversations. But we'll save that for for another net for another episode. Yeah, but thank you for joining us, Liz. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, and take care of your root balls and noticing what you need to pay attention to. <laughs> yep. Let's go out ten to our root balls, then, everyone. Yeah, exactly. Great. Go well, both of you. Well, I don't know about you, Luke, but actually recording a podcast in the evening. And recording something with Liz has just made me feel just so ready to sit and just be. I feel feel like I might go light a candle and, you know, Mm. at some point maybe get out the yoga mat later to just find that space of rest Mm. that Liz was articulating. But I also think it, it does prompt some quite difficult, niggly questions that actually many of us might want to start asking of ourselves more um, more deliberately around uh, those things that we're unpacking. And I think, you know, there's there's a there's a kind of a surface level that you can take from this episode and sit with gently, but also perhaps some more rigorous work that we might like to do with ourselves to kind of unpack that a little bit more. We've been poked with a stick as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that, that kind of, there's almost a yin and yang to that. There's a, there's, a, there's a balance in that too. And that's, you know, what we've been really been expanding on over the last really kind of since we started, but especially the last two seasons is that balancing journey. Um, so thank you, Liz, for your wisdom as always, and for being th- so thoughtful and, and, and articulate. We really value it. And off the back of that, we're we're heading into the festive season. Yes. And it's the, um, this is the last episode of the, the season. So, you know, we would like to just first of all, wish everybody a wonderful time in whatever way, you are celebrating or not celebrating. Um, And we're looking forward to a new year 
and another season coming up. Absolutely. Uh, I, yeah, I completely echo that. You know, Christmas wishes. Like, you know, I'm always cautious about wishing Merry Christmas at this time of year because it can be complicated for some people and, and not everyone engages. But I think the spirit of Christmas, that hope, that peace, that rest, maybe offering that as a wish to everyone is, is a good thing yeah. to do. Go hug a tree. To find your roots or something. Do find us on Instagram at Wildly Wild Being. We'll be sharing over the kind of break between this season and the next some of our older episodes for you to engage with and enjoy. Uh, and you can obviously find us on our website as well. Review, like, subscribe, subscribe. Do all of those good things uh, because we want more people to engage with the wonderful guests that we have on the Wildly Wild Being podcast. But I think, Holly, that might be all from us from this season. I think it is. So um, over and out for season four. Peace and love to you all. <laughs>